Good morning. We are here to bless the name of the Lord our God and as we're standing in heavenly places in Christ before him. And we are worshiping today and praising his name with the song, with the dance, whatever your expression of love to him. We are here as one body in Christ Jesus. In the blood of Jesus, what sanctifies holy God's people, and we are here to rejoice because we know something. We know that the blood has set us free. We know that we have been delivered. We are forgiven, and fear have no hold on us. We are here freely to worship and bless his name. Amen. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We bless your name. Let's declare it. With everything in your heart, with all the power you have, that we know something. God set us free. We are here to adore him. No holding back, church. We're going to see him face to face. Oh, yeah. Sing it. I know it. I know it. His blood has set me free. I've been delivered, forgiven. Fear has got no hold on me. I'm set apart, not living like my own way. No holding back till I see him face to face because I know it. Oh, yes, I know it. Jesus set free. Thank you, Jesus. The blood of Jesus has set me free. Let's declare there's healing in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Salvation in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I never known it like I know it today. There is power in the name of Jesus. Fullness of joy I found in Jesus. Strength in the name of Jesus. I know it. I've been delivered, forgiven. Fear has got no hold on me. I'm set apart, living like my own way. No holding back till I see him face to face because I know it. Glory to Jesus. I know it. I know it. The blood of Jesus has set me free. Healing in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Salvation in the name of Jesus. Forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I never know. Power in the name 
Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that our life speaks your words. Our life and our heart declare your victory, your holiness, your sanctification, your love that never ceases. Hallelujah. Our heart beats with your heart also. Right now, our heart beats with your heart. Let your light, the light of your life, shine in us all the days of our life. May my life speak your words. May my heart beat with yours. Let your light shine in me all my days. You are a God of grace. God of grace, God of truth, Lord, my soul longs for you. I will live for you, God, all my days. Jesus Christ, the name above all. Risen King, 
Praise. 
praise and praise. The name above all names. Forever Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. Thank you, Jesus, for reigning in our midst. You are the head of us, the church. You are the head of the body. I give you praise in the sanctuary where we are here present to see your power and your glory. We give you honor. Thank you. Honor the blood by which we are washed, the blood on the mercy seat by where we are standing right now. We declare the power of the blood on our lives, the life of our families. Jesus Christ declare by your blood you have saved us by your blood you have freed us by your blood we now enter into your holy place by your blood you forgave us by your power you have raised us by your blood precious blood of the Lamb by your blood by your Precious Lamb of God, we humbly bow before you and cry, Holy, Holy, all of heaven singing the song of the redeemed, giving glory to the Lamb. By your blood you have saved us, by your blood you have freed us, by your blood we know it. blood of the land by your blood by your blood you have saved us by your blood you have freed us by your blood we enter into your holy place by your love you forgave us by your power you have by your blood precious blood of the land tell him father god in heaven Father God in heaven, precious Lamb of God, we humbly bow before you and cry, Holy, Holy, all of heaven singing the song of the giving glory to the Lamb. By your blood you have saved us, by your blood you have freed us. By your blood, we now enter into your holy place. By your love, you forgave us. By your power, you have raised us. By your love, precious blood of the Lamb. By your blood, by your blood, 
Son of God, the Lamb of God, which has slain before the foundation of the earth. We stand in you right now as the King of glory, seated at the right hand of our Father in heavenly places. We are with you and we bless your name. Our Jesus, tell him, my Jesus, you are my very own Jesus, my very own Savior. Hallelujah. All my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. There's none like you. Tell him, Jesus, there's none like you. All over the world, say, Jesus, there's none like you. You're only one who died for me. I bless your name. Bless you, Jesus. Adore him. Adore him with everything you have. Cease to worship. 
in us is the hope of glory. That promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Christ is in you. Christ, say Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. The glory on the inside of me will be revealed upon me. That's a promise. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Bless your name. We thank you for the audience that we have in you in Christ Jesus in heavenly places seated at your right hand. Washed by the blood, called sons, kings, and priests unto you. We give you honor on the earth as it is in heaven. We bless your name. We can sing for all eternity long and find none like Jesus, none like you, none like the Holy Spirit. We bless you. We honor you. Talk to him. I love you, Lord. I bless your name. Hallelujah. Worship for eternity. It might be limited on earth for our schedule, but in eternity long, we'll bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to take a moment now to worship with our giving, with our substance. That which we have, you have worked for, with sweat of your brow, you're going to give to the work of the ministry. Because you favor Jesus' cause. How many of you favor Jesus' cause? That the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the uttermost part of the earth before the end come. Amen. Hallelujah. So we do, you don't need to be exhorted. You are a givers, and we love Jesus. So there's this few means on the screen behind me is how to give to the ministry of the Lord, the ministry that we are overseeing, which is the Lord's ministry house. It's a vision in 1997. The Lord ha has given us that there's a tree of righteousness, righteousness springing from this earth that covered the earth. And this is our mission is that Ta teach the word in season and out of season to reveal to the body of Christ the righteousness that they have in Christ Jesus, to walk as the sons of living God, as Jesus is the righteous one, so are we in this world. So this is the vision and the mission the teaching ministry of the Lord's Ministry House. So there's few ways here. You can text the LMHCA to 77977. If you are in Canada, you can e-transfer to info at tlmh.ca. All over the world, wherever you're hearing us, your heart with this ministry, you can go to the website at tlmh.ca. There's a 
blue button at the top right of the screen. We thank you for your giving. And if you are on location, you can raise your hand. You'll be given an envelope to give by cash or checks. And uh, we have an app. It's called TLMHCA. It will be a great blessing to you to download it. It has all kind of resources linked to our media center, live streaming, and uh, uh, it is good for you to download from your app store, TLMHCA. And you have the option also to give through the app. As you prepare your uh, giving offering, a pastor Ian comes forward to share the word of us. You can pray in the spirit. And we thank you, Father God, for everyone who who is giving right now. You, Jesus, receive it in heaven. And you increase the fruit of the people's righteousness, for they are sours. And you are, give seed to the sour, and you increase the fruits of your righteousness. We stand on your word. Faithful God, we bless your name. Thank Amen. You, Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. He is the same yesterday, today. And forever. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Your word is forever settled in heaven. Thank you for great grace today. Thank you for your spirit. Oh, we bless your name. Holy Spirit, you are our helper. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just stand for a moment. Just as we as we set our hearts to receive. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said after that the Holy Ghost has come. He will lead us and he will guide us into what? All truth. He will take what's mine and he will reveal it unto us. Amen. Now today, this as we come to the word, we, we thank God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. But we also believe God for the grace. The grace to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. So Father, right now as we come before you, we just thank you for the precious Holy Spirit and his ministry that leads us and guides us into all truth. And we thank you, Lord. Give us today the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of who we are in you and how we are to function. Strengthen us with might by your spirit in our innermost being so that we'll be able to function as you have ordained effectively, efficiently, and skillfully will we be able to function in righteousness. And Lord, we thank you that your spirit is here. The Holy Ghost is here. And he works within us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. So we receive grace to not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may have a seat. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's go straight to the word. This is part two of what we begun last week. Live in perfect peace. Live in perfect peace. No matter what's going on, where. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go to the end in the beginning. Is that okay? (laughs) In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 
and verse 16. And this is God's heart. I'm reading this from the Amplified. This is God's perspective where this whole issue of peace and perfect peace is concerned. The Amplified says, Now may the Lord of peace, he is the Lord of peace. He is the Lord of peace. He is the God of peace. In fact, we are in a new covenant of the blood of the everlasting covenant, and it is a covenant of peace. Amen? Praise the Lord. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that who brought up from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, he is the God of peace. He did that. It is that God of peace that shall bruise Satan underneath your feet shortly. It is that God of peace that will causes all grace to abound towards us. It is that God of peace that sanctifies us and separates us unto him, spirit, soul, and body, that it might be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. The God of peace, Jehovah Shalom, that is part of who he is. They that know his name will put their trust in him. He is the God of peace. Say he's the God of peace. Amen. And he wants our life to emanate peace. So it says in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 16, Now may the, now, <laughs> say now, now may the Lord of peace himself grant you, say grant me, his peace, not as the world giveth, but his peace, the peace of his kingdom. For the kingdom is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom, at all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and conditions, whatever comes. That's God's heart. Unconditional peace irregardless of what. Amen? All right. So that's what this is all about today. Living in Perfect peace, and this is part two, the emphasis is be as Jesus is. That's going to be your answer. How are you going to do it? Be as Jesus is. All right, so let's go back to um, Isaiah 26, verse 1 to 3, which is the text for this subject. It says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. In this day, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. In this strong city, it is gonna, it's a place of salvation. It's a place of wholeness. It's a place of preservation. It is a place in the very presence of the Lord where at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. It is a place in his, underneath the shadow of the Almighty where no evil shall befall you. It is the place of the city and the presence of God where there is no violence. And its walls are bulwarks. This place is a fortress. This place is a high tower. This place is a strong defense. And guess what? Open the gates that a righteous nation shall, that keeps truth may enter in. The righteous is able to enter the gates into this city. In fact, the righteous lives here. This is where we used to live, in this place, under the shadow of the Almighty, in this place, in his presence, fullness of joy, right hand, pleasures forevermore. In this place, the holiest of holies, the new and living way that Jesus has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Say, I live here. 
So they open the gates that the righteous, the righteous, the righteous will enter. You keep him, him who? The righteous in perfect peace. Who is kept in perfect peace? The righteous is kept in perfect peace. So if it is God's job to do the keeping, and he's able to keep, if it is his job to keep, if it is his job to keep him in, in perfect peace, to keep the righteous in perfect peace, his job is the provision of the peace. He has to provide the peace. He has to keep us in perfect peace. Our part is what? You will keep him, the righteous. My part, your part is this. Be the righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, but now be that. That's it. That's it. That's the whole message. Be the righteousness of God. Be who you are in Christ. And God says, I'll take care of the rest. I'll keep you who is functioning in righteousness in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. Trust in the Lord forever. So he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. Amen. All right. So now, what is this perfect peace? What is this perfect peace? Psalms, Isaiah 32 verse 17 says, and amplified the effect of righteousness. See, righteousness, you're going to hear a lot about righteousness. The effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of it will be confidence, quietness and confidence forever. Now, this place of peace, when you dig into it and amplify, this place, this peace, is a freedom from internal and external conflict. It is a place of freedom from internal and external conflict, and it is the direct result of living in righteousness. And righteousness in its simplicity and accuracy is oneness with God in Christ. He that is joined to the Lord is one. So living in this place of righteousness, the effect of it is peace, freedom from internal and external conflict. Who would ever commit suicide if there is internal peace? If there is external peace, if there is freedom from internal or external conflict, abiding and living in righteousness will produce that. And as a result, there will be a quietness and a confidence. A quietness and a confidence and a, that comes out of, there's a confidence and a quietness as a result of this righteousness. A quietness and a confidence. It says in Isaiah 30 verse, verse, verse 15, that in that quietness and confidence will be your strength. Where is it coming from? This oneness. Living in this oneness that we have with God in Christ. This oneness. I and him are one. God is before me. He goes before me. He plants me in his footsteps. He goes before me. He is behind me. His glory is my rear guard. He's all wronged about me. He is a defense wronged about me. I abide in him. I live in him. He is my fortress. He is my strong defense. In him, I am confident, and I am at rest, and I am at peace, and there is an inner quietness. Be still and know that he is God. What is this all about? The effect of righteousness is quietness, but it is also confidence. 
and there is a freedom from internal and external conflict. And all that, uh, that is required of us is to live, abide, and function in righteousness, which is the very essence of who we are as a born-again child of God. For Jesus became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ, that we might come into oneness with him, so that it is no longer us, but it is Christ that liveth in us. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. This is who we are. So now, the challenge is we are to function as who we are. Specifically, we are to function in this righteousness. So what is this perfect peace? It's a freedom from internal and external conflict. And it is also this inner, this quietness and confidence. The scripture says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. There's a boldness. There's a confidence. And it comes out to this oneness. Think about it. You are one with him. How confident would you be if that's a reality? It says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, Herein is the love of God made perfect. This is what the perfect love of God looks like. That we might have confidence in the day of judgment. When is the day of judgment? Could be any day. Could be every day. Right? But we might have confidence in the day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world. Say oneness. All right. What is this perfect peace? What is this perfect peace? In the Old Testament, it is called shalom, which means nothing broken, nothing missing, um, divine protection, healing, and all of that. In fact, in the Jewish culture, you know, you, you know how we, we greet one another. We say, hey, hi, bless you. They would say shalom means what? Nothing. In other words, they're going to wish you shalom. In other words, may nothing be broken. May everything be whole in your life. So that's the essence of shalom in the, uh, of peace in the old covenant. And, it, and therefore, you will find scriptures such as Psalms 29 verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. He blesses them. He empowers them with peace. Well, the truth of the matter is that it is a blessing. Not only because of the freedom from the internal and external conflicts, but it is a blessing because there's a power in peace to quiet the storm. There is a power in peace that functions in the midst of crisis, but we'll get to that. Shalom. Say shalom. Psalms 85 and verse 10 says, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. How romantic. <laughs> righteousness and peace this oneness that you have with god uh, in christ and peace have kissed each other they are so connected the effect of that righteousness is peace oneness with god so that's part of what is this perfect peace is it is this wholeness it is this shalom it is nothing broken it is nothing missing what is this perfect peace and why are we asking this? Because he says he will keep them in perfect peace. And we want to make sure that, that we, we, we're in the place. We want to get a hold of it. But you see, sometimes you need to know what you're looking for so that when you find it, you would recognize you got it. Can you imagine here you are, you're driving, you're heading out to some particular place, but you don't have a clue where it is you're going? You could wander around. You could end up in a bad neighborhood. Are you with me? So what are we after? We are after... This perfect peace, what is it? What does it look like? Hallelujah. In the New Testament, and this is what I like the most, in the New Testament, we, it has shalom, but it takes it up to a higher level. It takes the peace up to such a higher level that Jesus says, look here, this peace, and if I can, if I can put words in Jesus' mouth, can I do that? 
right? If I can put word in Jesus, no. Well, let me say what he said first before I, before I address it. This is what he said. He said, he said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace, and his peace is perfect. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. In another place, he says, not as the world give it, give I unto you. He says, I give you my peace. Now, I'm going to put a little bit of words in Jesus' mouth, and I'll put it this way. Because this new covenant peace is a greater peace than the old covenant, Jesus could have said, my peace I give to you. Not just the old shalom, old covenant peace. I give you that, but I give you a higher level of peace. I give you my peace. I give you the very peace of God. Hallelujah. This is what I give to you. Now, what, does, what do you mean this higher level of peace? What is this higher level of peace? Well, Colossians 1 verse 20, when you dissect it and you look at it, you will see that by the sacrifice of Christ, by the blood of his cross, he has purchased this peace that we are talking about. This perfect peace. This God kind of peace. This peace of which is the very essence of part of God's being. He, it says by the blood of his cross, he has reconciled he has purchased peace. He has reconciled everything unto himself. So what is this perfect peace? Now, here it is. This is so important. This perfect peace is this. It's everything reconciled to God's original intent. God's original intent takes you back to the place before sin has ever been. God's original intent takes you to the place where there was before time. And accordingly, what has happened is this. So this piece, the blood of his cross, what it has accomplished is that everything, everywhere concerning your life and everything else has been reconciled to God's original intent. And the reason why the blood of the cross was able to do that is because Jesus destroyed all the works of the devil. And whatever is, whatever is in the realm of humanity or even in, in nature, that is a conflict, that is a contradiction, that is, that is a violence, that is any of it, it all came because of the fall. It all came because of God, because of the devil's interaction with man and Adam's fall. So when Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, he fixed everything and reconciled everything back to God's original intent. So now God wants you and I to know that because of the blood of his cross, we have got a peace. And this peace is everything has been reconciled. So here you are, you're in a violent situation. Here you are, you're in a threatening situation. Circumstances, situations is not fair. But what happened? You got this knowledge. You know that this situation has already been reconciled to God. You can see in the realm of the spirit where you know it's finished and it's already been reconciled. So you can walk into that hostile environment with your gospel shoes of peace, your feet shod with the gospel shoes of the preparation of peace. And you can walk in that situation with a readiness and with a confidence that no matter what's going on, this too has been reconciled no matter what it looks like. Are you with me? Now the scripture says the God of all peace fill you. The God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that you could abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. So yes, this is a faith proposition. You cannot walk by, by sight and walk in this. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to see what is settled in heaven. You've got to believe the testimony of the blood of the Lord Jesus. You've got to believe what he has finished. You've got to know it is finished. But once you do, then you can put on this whole arm of God and you can walk in such a manner and in such freedom. Amen? Praise the Lord. So here again, what is this other element? 
of this peace. It is that everything has been reconciled. Everything being reconciled puts you in a place as if sin has never been. Now, for that reason, and listen to this, Romans chapter 5 verse, you see, when we talk about as if sin has never been, what are we talking about? We are talking about justified, justification, just as if sin has never been. So, Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, having been justified by faith, and it's in his blood, having been justified by faith, we have peace. Well, of course, Having been justified to be just as if sin has never been, man, that's peace. <laughs> Amen? So that peace is just as if sin had never occurred. That peace, that peace is, is, is on a personal level. It's not just everything reconciled. Yes, it is that. And, the, and creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God so that they could come into liberty and not be underneath that curse. But until then... As for you and I, what does it mean to us? It means that anything and everything about your life has already been set at one again by the blood sacrifice of Christ. So that, that's what I'm saying. So no matter what you're going on, what's happening, no matter what crisis you might be facing, you can stand in the midst of that crisis and you can declare Peace, be still. Why? Because, because of the blood, because of what is finished, because this is settled in heaven. And so you speak with an authority. You speak with a confidence. Because why? Again, the effect of this righteousness is peace and it is confidence and quietness and full assurance forever. Glory to God. This is why God would say something like in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 16 that made the, the Lord of peace. It didn't even say the God of peace. Oh, that would have been good. But it said the Lord of peace. Himself give you his peace. The peace of the kingdom of God. Give it to you by all means. At all times. Even regardless of the circumstances or the conditions. Where, what, by what authority can you talk like that? By the blood of the cross. Colossians 1 verse 20. It's there. Hallelujah. So, man, that's utopia. That is utopia. It's a short word, but it's a big word. <laughs> that's utopia. Everything in your life reconciled to God's original intent. That is why Jesus would say in John 16 verse 33, Jesus said, Oh, yeah, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to got these things and so on. But he says, in me, you're going to have what? Peace. You can have peace. We can enjoy that perfect peace. Which includes shalom, but where is this? You got to function in him. You got to function in this oneness that you have with him. Righteousness. It is the righteous that he brings that the, to whom the gates open to me the gates of righteousness. And what? And enter into that place. That place where the walls are salvation. That place where the blessings of the Lord is. At his right hand. That place wherein there is no violence. Where there is just continual, perpetual victory and glory. You can enter these gates. The righteous only can enter these gates. This is the place that Jesus went to prepare for us. He says, I go to my father. 
And if I go, I'm going to prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. Not when you get to heaven, but the moment you accept Jesus as Savior and Lord. Hallelujah. Say, I live there. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is this place of right, this righteous entrance in there, but the simplicity of righteousness is your one with God in Christ. You got to live here. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. You got to live here. Jesus is the vine. We are the branch. The branch and the vine are one. The fruit that, the, that comes out of the branch is exactly in accordance to what's happening in the vine. He is the head. We are the body. We are one. Hallelujah. You got to live in this place. But if you live in this place, guess what? Perfect peace. Glory to God. So, Isaiah 26, and I'm not going to repeat it because we mentioned it a little bit. Isaiah 26, verse 1 to 3 says, In that day, which is this day, say this day. In this day, this year, the acceptable day of the Lord and the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. For now is the accepted time. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of the blessings of the Lord. This is the day when we can live in this place so that even though we are here on earth, we can have days of heaven on earth in the midst of all of the chaos. Why? Because of the reality of the fact that we are the righteousness of God in Christ and righteousness and peace have kissed each other. All right. So, in that day they shall come and they will enter into this city. This city, oh Rabba, this place called Zion, the city of the Most High God. The city, and it, uh, okay. praise the Lord, let me leave that alone. All right, we live here. The righteous enters here and in here, perfect peace. All right, okay. Now who is the righteous? We've been alluding to it, but let's, let's zero in a little bit more. Who is the righteous? Who is he? I, Psalms, Jeremiah 33, verse 6 says, Jesus, the Lord of righteousness. Jesus, the Lord of righteousness. Remember, you are one with him. Jesus, the Lord of righteousness. Jesus is righteousness. Now, you've got no problem with that. Anybody have problem with that, man, you need help. <laughs> Jesus is righteous. Is that right? All right. <laughs> if I can fast forward, well, your life is hid with Christ in God. You are clothed with him. You are hid. Your life is hid in him. Jesus is righteous. Now, here this verse of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, Christ, who is righteous, is made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. See, if I want to see my righteousness, just look at Jesus. He is my righteousness. Stop looking at yourself. Your life is hid with Christ and God. It never said to look to you. It says look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. It never says you are to look at you. Don't look at you. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. That old life with all of its human identities came to an end died and was buried with Christ and he has no voice, no more authority in your life. You've got a new life that came up in resurrection. You are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Put on this new man who after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 
Hallelujah. So Christ has made unto you righteousness. And it says, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, he was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. I didn't have to commit righteousness. It was given unto us as a gift. It is a gift. Glory to God. Well, I received a gift. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are righteous with Christ himself being your righteousness. Doesn't get better than that. That's the reason why Ephesians 4, 24, listen to what it says. Put on the new man who after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. In other words, there ain't no greater holiness than this. It's God's holiness. There is no greater righteousness than this. It's God's righteousness. So that's who I am. I receive it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So your true identity is not from your humanity. That's where our battle is. Our battle is right between here. And you know why? Because what happened is everything around us screams at us to, and try to either scream at us or try to con us and, and, and suck us into taking on the human identity. What has happened in your life? What is your history? What has your experience been? Who are your parents? What is your background? That is a culture, language. Oh, well, bless God. The word of God says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 that he has redeemed us out of, say out of, out of every tongue, out of every tribe, out of every kindred, out of every human definition. As if that was not clear enough, he says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, that in him, that you were, no, in verse 27, do you not know you were baptized into Christ? And you have done what? Put on Christ. And in him, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, bond nor free, male nor female. In him is just the new creation. That's all that matters. You know, I had someone on a thing recently asked me if I can, if I can give them an answer regarding this whole woman issue and whether women could be pastors or this, that, and the other. Now, you could go into a very long discussion and talk about uh, denominational positions and cultural positions and this and that and that and that to try to answer that question. But you know something? Quite simply, the Word of God says that you and I are not to know one another or even ourselves after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And according to the Word of God, just from Galatians 3.28, in Him, there's neither male nor female. Or born, nor free. That ought to answer it. That's not, it's not an issue about gender. It's not like that. That's not your identity. I understand how it is in the natural. But in the spirit, you are a new creation. You are a child of God. You are a king. You are a priest. Say, I got a new identity. Hallelujah. Now, <laughs> that brings us to today's message. Right? <laughs> You said all that was the introduction? Well, kind of, sort of. But it sets you up. You are to be who you really are. You are to be the righteous. You are to function as the righteous. Because it is the righteous that he, that he keeps in perfect peace. 
How? How are you going to be who you really are? Well, you got to be as Jesus is. Because as he is, so are you. That's why today's message is live in perfect peace, part two. Be as Jesus is, all right? Now, 1 John 4, 17, if I could just quote it. Herein is the love of God made perfect. That you may have, you and I may have boldness, confidence in the day of judgment. This is how perfect this love is. This love of God is so perfect that it was not good enough for him to, while we were yet sinners, died for us. That's pretty good. You know, here it is the love of God manifested that he died for us. That's good. But, it's, but, 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 but it never even connects perfect love with that. You know what it connected with? It says here is the love made perfect. Here is how perfect it is. So that you can have boldness and confidence in the day of judgment. Here is how the love of God made perfect. As Jesus is, so are you. God didn't just get you and your sins forgiven and give you a plane ticket to heaven and all of that. And no, he, he did all of that. But he said, you know what? I'm going to take away that old life. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the very best. I'm going to give you this, the life of my son to be your life. That's it. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. So as Jesus is, so are you to be in this world. In your spirit, you already are as Jesus is. But now, you got to work it out and you got to be as Jesus is. In your spirit, you are already the righteousness of God in Christ. But now, you got to learn how and be the righteousness of God in Christ. So, how are you going to be as Christ? What must you do? How are you to think, believe, speak, act? And I even go further. And what kind of attitude is required of you. How do you think? How do you believe? How do you speak? What is the attitude should you have? How should you act in order that you could be as Jesus is? So that you could be in harmony with him. For after all, you are joined to him and you are one. And this is what righteousness is. So how are you to be as Jesus? How are you to, to think, talk, act, believe? Act? How, how, how? Well, what I just described there is what is called conversation. Now, I know when we think conversation, we think, hey, hi, what's up? Yeah, and no, no, no. It's more than that. The scripture says in Psalms 50, verse 23, God says, to him who orders, say orders. You got to do this by order. You got to be intentional about this. This doesn't just happen. To him who orders his conversation, all right, I'm going to show him my salvation. I'm going to show him my salvation, the wholeness, the deliverance, the freedom, the healing, the wholeness, the prosperity, all of it, the blessings of the Lord to him who orders his conversation around. Now, that word conversation really has to do with your conduct. It's how you think. It's how you believe. It's how you speak. It is your attitude and it is your action. So that's what we're now introducing, all right? If you order your conversation... Here comes what? Salvation. Remember, in that city, it has, his walls are salvation. In that city is all of the wholeness. In that place, in his presence. Oh man, this is keep bubbling up, I gotta say it. Let me just flip over here just for a moment. Let me just give this to you, take it, run with it, do whatever you want with it. 
But for right now, God sees us in this oneness. It is so extreme how God sees it that it's above and beyond what we could even ask or think. Our brains it has difficulty to get to the place of seeing this oneness the way God does. Jesus says that they may be one even as you and I are one. Father, I and you, you and me, and me and them, all of us, one. Listen to this oneness. We're talking about this city being what we've described it as. But listen to this verse of scripture. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 14. Just the last half of that verse. And they shall call you the city of the Lord. Zion of the Holy One of Israel. God even goes so far. Having, when we get a hold of this city, and it's going to talk about in verse 18, there's no violence or anything like that in that city. And now God even goes to the point to say, hey, you that city. You that city. Do you know? <laughs> oh, I don't want to. Do you know where the holiest of holies is? It's right here. Do you know where the kingdom of God is? It's in you. And in that kingdom, it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you know where you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? It's right here. That is why the scripture will say in, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Bring it out. All of the healing and deliverance that you can ever desire, you've already got it in your spirit. Because, you say, why? Your spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8 verse 10. Your spirit is impregnated with the life of God in which there is no sickness or disease, but there's only life and immortality in, his, in the life of God. And your spirit is in union with that. Your spirit is life because of righteousness. So in your spirit is all kinds of divine healing power beyond our wildest imaginations. That is why the next verse in Romans 8 verse 11 says, And if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. He will revitalize it by that spirit that dwells in you. Are you with me? So, this, so you know, that is why the scripture says, Awake to righteousness. Awake to righteousness. See this oneness. Recognize that you are so one with him. Awake to righteousness and sin not. All have sinned and come short of the glory. That sin gives you a mindset of separation. But he says awake to righteousness. Awake to this oneness. And don't allow that mindset of separation. It is called the deceitfulness of sin that pulls you out of that oneness that you have with God in Christ. And it will move you into unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. All right. And it is important that we talk about this. Because like I said, the challenge is identity. Identity. Taking on or releasing the natural identity and embracing this identity that you have in God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, we read, for instance... Thank God for healing. Thank God for his deliverance. But we read about a woman with the issue of blood who crawled through the crowd and made her way through because she had said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I'd be made whole. And she made it through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. Isn't that wonderful? But now, you know, 
We are new covenant, new covenant mindset people. God himself dwells in you. Greater is he that is in you that is he in the world. Awake to this oneness. We should not be thinking, oh, Jesus, would you please just come by here? I've got a situation and I need to touch the hem of your garment. That's like, okay, prayer. But you know something? It is better for you to not see yourself as having to touch the hem of his garment, but see yourself robed with the righteousness of God. Where you are, where you have it as a robe. I carry him. He lives on the inside of me. God, the Holy Ghost, with all of his divine healing power, lives in my spirit. I don't have to try to touch the hem of his garment. I've got the robe of righteousness. The scripture says, being dead to sin, that you might live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. It comes with righteousness. But you got to have a shift in your mind. You've got to have that mindset shift. That is why it implores us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, awake to righteousness. Awake to righteousness. I mean, come to a new level of awareness. Know ye not? These things, I mean, this is such a sad verse of scripture that John the apostle wrote to the church in 1 John 5, 13 and says to them, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you might know that you have eternal life. What, what is that? He is saying, church, you who already believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm writing this to you so that you might know and be aware that you have eternal life. What is he saying? He's saying that even though you're born again on the way to heaven, and you believe in the name of Jesus, he's saying that that group of believers that he was writing to did not have that awareness. How much is that the case for us today in, in, in various denominational circles where we don't have that awareness? And because we don't have that awareness of the reality of who we are, this oneness, the kingdom of God within us, righteousness, the authority of righteousness, because of that, we live as mere mortal men rather than living as people who have divinity dwelling inside our humanity. And so we're trying to touch the hem of his garment rather than being robed with righteousness. Amen. All right, let's get back over here. So, how are you to be as Christ is? Hallelujah. You have to order you got to order your conversation. It's not going to just happen. You've got to order it. You've, you, know, you know, like in the military, they give orders. Order it. You got to order your thinking, your believing, your speaking, your, your, your attitudes and your actions to be in agreement with the reality of who you are, oneness with God in Christ. And if you don't order it, it's not going to happen. You're just going to be like everybody else and you're going to be tossed with every wind of doctrine. And your conversation, your speaking, and your attitudes is just going to be a reflection of the world around you. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. You are in the world, but you are not to be conformed to the world. You are in the world, and you are not to have the boundaries and the limitations of those that are in the world. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18 that even though we have the very life of God living on the inside of us, we could be alienated from it because of ignorance and hardness of heart. That's what it says. Every believer 
has the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead, lives on the inside of him. Hallelujah. All right. So, order conversation. First John 2, 6 says, he who says he abides in him is one with him. He who says he's one with him, he who says he's the righteousness of God in Christ, ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. What is the answer? How do you live in this perfect peace? How? You got to be as Jesus is. You got to be. You got to be who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ. And the very element, the very essence of love is an absence of self, but let's go there another time. How are you to be as Christ is? You are to have the mind of Christ. How are you going to be like Christ and be like him? You're going to have to think like him. You're going to have to have his mind. You're going to have to have his attitude. And when you have his attitude, you're not begging. You're not saying, Jesus, come down. Jesus, come up. I've got a situation. Oh, God, do something about this. No. You said the word of faith is near you in your mouth and in your heart. This is the righteousness which is of faith speaks. Because I know my authority. I know in whom I have believed. I know what he has placed on the inside of me. Jesus, I don't need for you to come to my house. To speak the word only and my servant will be made well. We understand that. The revelation and the reality of the power and authority of righteousness. Of this fact that you are one with him. And out of that oneness, you share his authority. That's why you've got the name. Out of that oneness, you have his life. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lived in you. Out of that oneness, all, all the word of God and the promises of God are yes and amen and they belong to you. Hallelujah. So, if we're going to say we abide in him and we are one with him and we are righteous, then we got to be as he is. Imitate him. Walk in love just like him. We are to have the mind of Christ. Let me flip over there. Um, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Let's just, get, just draw a few conclusions out of this. This is talking about the mind of Christ. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, okay, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus was in the form of God. Well, you know why? Why was he in the form of God? I thought he had flesh and blood just like us. Yes, he did. But God lived on the inside of him. Well, we got flesh and blood just like he did. And God lived on the inside of us. So, being in the form of God, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. He wasn't taking anything away from God by saying that I and the Father are one. Well, we're not taking anything away by saying, as he is, so am I in this world. He that is joined to the Lord is I'm one with him. I have his name. I have his armor. I'm clothed with him. My, we are not robbing him. In fact, God says, yes and amen. God says, oh man, I'm glad they're waking up to this thing. <laughs> right? And then creation is saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So that we can have the deliverance and not be underneath this yoke of corruption and bondage. We got to get out of here too. We, we want to come into liberty. But we can't until the manifestation of the sons of God. Until you guys show up as the sons of God functioning in that authority. 
So God gets excited about this. This is not being sacrilegious. This is, no, there, there is no irreverence to recognize that I'm one with him. Hallelujah. And the scripture says in Isaiah, in Psalms 82, that if we don't get that understanding, Psalms 82, wrong verse 5, it says if you do not get that understanding, then you're going to die like mere men. Just like any other person. Why? Because they're not having that understanding. Not awakening to that reality. As he is, so are we are one. So, let this man be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who taught it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, we're not exalting ourselves above God. We're just accepting what he's already done. He is the one that lifted us up. He is the one that made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ at his right hand. And all we're saying, Lord, I accept it. I accept it. I'm going to function from there. When I speak to the mountain, when I speak to sickness and disease, and when I speak to the devil, I'm going to speak from where I am seated at your right hand. Are you with me? All right. That's why confidence. Confidence, quietness. All right, let's go. Who being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, oh, and that's, 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 that's the death of the cross. That's Tuesday night Zoom Bible study. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave them a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things on earth, under the earth, present, future. Everything will bow to that name. Well, that name belongs to us. This is the name after which the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That name of Jesus belongs to us. It's my name. It's my name. This head and the body don't have two different names. They're all Ian. Well, Jesus is the head. We are the same name. We have the authority of that name. What is this? This is righteousness. This is awakening to righteousness. This, who it is that is going to come into this place, into this city, and wherein there is perfect peace. He's the one that, not, not only, he is righteous, but then he's functioning in it. Say functioning in it. All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know something? If I can just, if I can just put this in there just a little tiny bit quickly. Taught or not robbery to be equal with God. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Can I give you a snapshot from a different perspective? We can talk about the kings and, the, and, and, and where the word of a king is, his power. We can talk about this. We can talk about Christ and us, the hope of glory. But let me just say this, just so that to, 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 if there's any self-esteem issue, to break it off of you right now. Listen to this. The scripture says, Jesus, when he went to the cross, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame. He took the shame. He took the beating. He took the abuse. He went to hell. He took the punishment. He did all of that. Jesus, how did you all do all of that? He did all of that because he saw beyond the cross. And he saw you. He saw that because him going through this means he's going to have you. You were his reward. And so the scripture says, for the joy that was said before him. He calls you his joy. Not only that, but he also saw that he was going to be able, by doing this for his father, the father said, go to my son, this commandment I received from the father, that I might lay down my life, I'm going to do this for the father. 
Because you know what the father is going to get out of this? The father is going to get the dream that he had from before the foundation of the world fulfilled. From before the foundation of the world, the father had a dream. That I will duplicate myself in them. That I'm going to live in them. I'm going to live not in a temple made with hands. But they're going to be my temple. They're going to be my permanent, eternal dwelling place. And so when Jesus, when he saw, man, if I go through this, the father is going to have his dream fulfilled. Right now, for everyone that is born again, God sees and says, you are God's dream fulfilled. And not only that, but you know something? God looks at you in your spirit, and God says, wow, wow, I did an awesome job. This is exactly what I had in mind. This couldn't be, this is precisely what I had in mind. Look at them, it's my workmanship. They are my offspring. Oh, they are so beautiful and so wonderful. Oh, they are so awesome. In his sight, the scripture says you are holy, you are without fault, and you are blameless. Now, can you imagine if you begin to see yourself that way? Where is all of this condemnation? Where is all of this inferiority complex going to come from? What people think, what does it matter who, to, who think what? When I can grasp, when I can see me the way he sees me, and I can believe that. Amen? Philippians 4 verse 1 says, <laughs> that you are his joy, his beloved, his longed for. I like that. He was longing for you for how long? Before the foundation of the world. That's, it's in the Bible. Philippians 4 verse 1. You are his beloved, his longed for, his joy, his delight. And listen to this. You are his crown. You are God's crown. Put your hand on your head. Say, I am God's crown. I am God's crown. Whew. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Amen. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, the authority in the name of Jesus, the name which is above every name, that belongs to us. So how are you to be as Christ is? Well, you're going to have to have a conversation according to Philippians 1.27 that becometh the gospel. Meaning what? Your conversation, the way you think, the way you believe, the way you speak, the way you act, your attitude must reflect and be consistent with the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is Christ in you. But the gospel is also the sacrifice. So your thinking, your believing, your speaking has got to be in harmony with the sacrifice. What does that mean? Your thinking has to be in harmony with the fact that you, the old you, with that identity, died and was buried and is gone. And now you've got a new identity, the new creation that came up in resurrection and is seated in ascension. Washed by his blood. You've got to have that identity. Hallelujah. And so, and so it says, and that is the gospel. For the sake of time, I have to go by that. All right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And there is a peace. That gospel is called the gospel of peace, by the way. Let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. 
the gospel of peace. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But as I said, you can't walk in this kind of stuff if you're looking at the natural. You've got to see according as it is written. You've got to see according as it's settled in heaven. You can't look at the things that are seen, but you've got to look at the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And it has the power to change what's seen. You've got, this is a faith proposition. The just, who is what? The righteous. Shall live how? By faith. By faith. You cannot live this life any other way but by faith. Okay. So you need to know that your old human identity with its limitation ended by death and burial through the sacrifice and now you're a new creation. So what should you do? Forget those things which are behind. Isaiah 44 verse 18 says, don't even remember or consider the former things. Don't even give it a thought. You'll be amazed how people's minds are going to go over about the past and what happened and this and that. and Oh man, just forget it. Forget it. There is no redeeming power there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Move on. Let's go. Amen? Because when you do that, what will happen? You're going to get sucked in to the deceitfulness of sin. You're going to get sucked in to this sense of separation, and you're not going to see yourself as oneness with God. And once you get sucked in to that separation, unbelief will come. Amen? And instead of you being awake to righteousness, the scripture says you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you, you that live, but it's Christ that lived in you. You've got a new life that began in resurrection. How are you to be as Christ is? How are you to, to let your conversation be consistent with the gospel? How? You got to apply the sacrifice. Now we're going to go, you got to apply death, burial, resurrection, ascension, the blood. We're going to go there next week, Lord willing. Uh, well, I, uh, let's see how that goes. But you might go there next week. Right? It would be nice to. How are you to be as Christ is? You got to have to know. Listen to this. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. You're going to have to strip off. Strip off the conversation of the old man. Meaning what? You got to strip off the way that old man used to think, believe, speak, his attitude, and his act. You've got to strip him off. And I'm, uh, you know, and the word strip is a good word. Because if you think about a piece of furniture that needs to be refinished, sometimes you can't just... Some, you can't just dust it off. No. Sometimes you got to get some sandpaper. Sometimes you got to get some, a blowtorch and you got to burn it off. In other words, sometimes it's going to take a, some pressure. You're going to have to uh, gotta take some diligence. I mean, when someone has had a background, they've been raped, they've been, they've been, they, were, they were in this kind of relationship. This happened to them in the past. This is what happened. They've been tormented. They, they, they've, they've got this particular thing running in the family. This person is this. All that kind of stuff could so plaster your mind that you can't just, it's not just that easy to say, I put on a new man. Before you could put on a new man, you got to strip off the conversation of that old man with the word of God and with the truth of God's word. That is why if I were to go back to Isaiah 26 and verse 2, it says, this is the gate through which the righteous that walk in truth shall enter. There is a truth element to it. And that's part of it. That you got to strip that stuff off. So it says in Ephesians 4.22, strip off the conversation of the old man, and then in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and then in verse 24, put on the new man. It's, uh, more accurately, it's put on the conversation of the new man, who after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So how are you to be as Christ is? 
You got to put on the conversation of the new man. Now, you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus. You're not Christ. But he is your identity. Colossians 3 verse 4 says you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life shall appear. You are not Jesus, you are not Christ, but he is your identity. So how then are you to be as Christ is? How are you to let Christ be your identity? Well, what does the word of God say? What does the Holy Spirit of truth instruct? Number one, he says be clothed with Christ. Did he say that? He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Put it on. What else did he say? Ephesians chapter 6, the whole, put on the whole armor of God. And then he says in another place, put on the robe of righteousness. Galatians 3.27, for as many have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. I'm moving fast on purpose. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, be strong where? In the grace. That is in Christ Jesus. Not in yourself, but in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Which means what? You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. If you are strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, do you believe that you can do all things? Amen? And so Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Say, be strong. In the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I need to end this here. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take what we've just taught here. I'm going to ask you to stand up and I'm going to lead you in a confession. And I'm going to take this message and summarize it in a confession. And you speak it like you mean it. Speak it from your heart. Michelle, you, catch, you didn't catch most of the message, but you're going to catch it all in this summary. All in one shot. Bam! <laughs> Let's stand. Father, let the power of the Holy Ghost right now come upon each and every single one. In Jesus' name, in this very moment, the washing water of, this, of righteousness, let it rain right now so that every heart is open, every heart is receptive. There is no fallow ground here in Jesus' name. Now make this confession with me. Say, I know and believe that everything that has been, that, that everything has been reconciled to God. To his original intent. I am righteous. The kingdom of God is in me. The kingdom of God is righteousness. Peace and joy. In the Holy Ghost. That kingdom is in me. I am righteous. I am one with Jesus. As Jesus is. So am I continually. I think. I believe, I speak, and I act as Jesus is, so am I. I act that way. I have the mind of Christ. I have his authority. I have his name. I have his life. I have his word. And I have his promises. I walk upright in the truth of the gospel. <laughs> Let me repeat that. I walk upright, I walk upright 
in the truths of the gospel. I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. But it's Christ that lives in me. My old identity is, is dead and buried with Christ. I have a new identity. In resurrection, I am God's offspring. His workmanship. His child. I have his DNA. I have his divine nature. This is who I am. Divinity dwelling in my humanity. I am not Jesus, but Christ is my life. And Christ is my identity. I put on Christ. I shine in the realm of the spirit. Because Jesus, he is my armor of light. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am robed with righteousness. Righteousness is my robe. Perfect peace is mine. The Lord of perfect peace, he himself grants me his peace. The peace of his kingdom. Always. At all times. In any situation. No matter the circumstances. His peace is my peace at all times. Perfect peace is my inheritance. It's mine. Perfect peace. It's mine. It's mine. When I go to sleep, when I rise up, it is mine. All the time it's mine. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. <laughs> Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, it is you, the Holy Ghost, that performs things for us. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by your Spirit. It is your Spirit that works miracles. It is your Spirit that works within us, both to will, to desire, and to do. So I thank you for your anointing and your power coming upon each and every single one, not only here, but also those online. And those that might listen to this at a later date, let the power of your spirit come upon them and grant them grace to walk this out so that they could come awake to righteousness and walk and function in that righteousness and possess the perfect peace that Jesus shed his blood for them to have. Father, I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good. And his mercy 